0: What is up everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Sheehan Show here on SherDog.com. And today I am looking ahead to Cage Warriors 153. The return to Ireland. The return to the Tree Arena for a, a massive show from Cage Warriors. You know, some might argue that this is their biggest show maybe since the last time they were in the, the tree arena uh, in terms of uh, importance and all that. Now they had big shows with Paddy Pimblet and big shows in Liverpool. Uh, and, you know, those Wembley shows are massive as well. But I feel like Ireland is the hotbed for mixed martial arts uh, in Europe at the moment. Uh, and I think this is a massive car because you look at this, um, Cage Warriors have another card coming up later in the year. Bellator have had a uh, card earlier this year. They have another one coming up later in the year. PFL have a card coming up as well. And there's rumors of, you know, this promotion, that promotion, the other promotion, putting on events. Plus, all those promotions I just mentioned will be putting on even more events uh, in the uh, the coming months and the coming years as well. So I feel like there's a war at the moment for Ireland and Cage Warriors have always been leading that way, you know, historically. And in the last... You know, few years, um, the SPG backed Bellator, I suppose, have have really taken over that. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, Cage Warriors had done the show down in Cork, which is an almighty show. They've produced the likes of Ian Gary and Paul Hughes, uh, and uh, and many others uh, as well, coming out of Ireland. Uh, but I think they've, uh, and you know, maybe I, I don't want to put words in their mouth, but I think they should be viewing this as their chance to kind of t- to recapture the land for want of a better phrase i suppose and um I'd be interested to see how uh, how well this performs. I'd be interested to see the crowd. How many people are there? Because the last Bellator card we were at, it wasn't a sellout. And I believe uh, cage wires aren't opening up the whole arena either. I think it's going to be the half the arena, but I'm obviously a bit out here. We'll see how, how tickets go. We'll see how it looks uh, on the night. So it's, it's getting, you know, we all may think, oh yeah, 9,000 people are going to show up in Ireland, but it's not always the case. And you have to put on, you know the cards to uh, to draw them. Now, I I, I want to be honest with this Cage Warriors card because there's there's two ways of looking at this, and I, I equally believe both of them are true. I think it is a brilliant card, and I think it's a disappointing card as well. I feel like when you go into arena like the Tree Arena where it's you know nine and a half ten thousand people and your cage wires, and you're fighting against all these other promotions, you have to go big. I Like, I firmly believe that. And uh, they haven't. They haven't gone big. They've put on some very, very good fights. But when we were looking at this card, you know, obviously, me and Ireland covering it a, a, a lot more than, you know, anyone on, on planet Earth, let's, let's be honest here. Um... I was thinking, like, this is their biggest show. Like, they they do good arenas around the UK and and other places. Uh, Even, you know, coming up, to I'm sure, in Belfast and in Ireland and down in Cork. Um, But this is is the big time here. This is the big time. And when you're going to the big time like this, I, I was thinking... So you have Reese McKee, obviously, who's headlining, we'll talk about that. You have Paul Hughes. What's the story of Paul Hughes? Who knows? Um, he's not on the card. He is their champion. And Caelan Lochran, coming out of Ireland now as well, is fighting for the bantamweight belt in Rome. And they're not putting it on this card. So uh, I was very surprised with that. I think a lot of people were disappointed. And I think a lot of people are kind of thinking, well... You know, if they had absolutely start this, stacked this card, I'll go to this instead of Bellator. I'll go to this instead of PFL. And I do think the cage Wires have like a a massive kind of underground fan favoritism even over Bellator and uh, and over uh, PFL. We'll see what obviously with PFL, it's it's um it's going to be very new, and we'll see what fighters get on that and everything. But um, I don't think they've taken advantage of it. I really, really don't. I, and as I said. This is not a bad card. It's a very good card, in fact. But they should have made this a mega card. They should have made this nearly a night of champions sort of thing, in my opinion, and they didn't. Now, you have to look after all the other cards. It's not as easy as that either, like who's injured, who wouldn't be ready at that time, in fairness. But I think when you do that, when you, when you sign up to fight in a big arena, when you sign up for an event like this, you have to. You have to stack the deck. And they haven't done it. And they haven't and that's uh, you know that that's a little bit disappointing, I suppose. But however, we will get to the card itself, and you know what we are left with is is still a very very good card with a lot of brilliant fighters. I think to to me there are three absolutely outstanding fights on this card. Uh, obviously, the main event between Reese McKee and Jimmy Wallhead, James Sheen against Oban Elliott. Uh, on my top five for uh, fights for the the month. I had this as one of the fights, uh, and I stand behind that. I think it's an absolute, just a brilliant high-level fight for for a 7-2 and two guy against a 6-2 guy. I don't think you'll get higher level than this anywhere on planet Earth, if I'm being honest. And then you have to be a Cirilla versus uh, Ryan Shelley. Cirilla, who's just been an absolute killer over the last few years against Shelley, 6 and out of Team Kiev. Just looking, looking really, really good. And um, we'll uh, let's get into, I suppose, all of those fights. But you also have you know, very good up-and-comers, the likes of Solomon Simon, the likes of Takamandu, the likes of Alexander O'Sullivan, who was, uh, you know, an um, a, a, a amateur prospect for years and years and years. There aren't many amateurs, I'd say, in the world who have as many amateur fights as him. And then you have guys, you know, like Ryan Curtis, who, if this guy gets an opportunity, if he can stay fit, he has all the talent in the world. You have guys like Adam Darby and Paddy McCrory on it. And in very interesting and Deky McAleen as well who not too long ago was was on the brink I think of, of a title shot plus you have Morgan Charrier um, and I think that's very interesting as well will the French fans travel will we have a big uh, contingent over you know getting from France Ireland uh, and especially Dublin not that hard so that's maybe a thing we could see on this card uh, as well uh well, let's get to, I suppose, some of the individual uh, fights on it. And I'm going to maybe go from, from bottom to, to top here and pick out some. Look, um, some of the, the, the first three fights, I think the, the standout there is kind of Adam Darby. He's fighting Jack Tucker, Angus Hewitt, Owen against Paddy McCrory as well, two and one. You know, Paddy... Um, Uh, is, uh, you you know, fighting out of Fight Academy in Ireland who've had uh, a great great run of it over the last couple of years. He took on James Webb, the former champion, on short notice in his last fight and, uh, you know, put on a good show, went to a decision uh, against him. A lot of people fancied him there, so he's coming in here uh, and I think he's one of those guys, even like a James Sheen we'll talk about in a while, got matched very hard at the start of his career out of necessity maybe uh, more than anything else. And um, you could see uh, a big step up from him here over the next couple of years. So look forward to that. Kyle McClurkin uh, as well. And Owen Williams. You know, one of them will probably win and go on. And one of them will probably have to go back to the the, the local scene and win a few fights to get their, their way back again. But Adam Darby, as I said, against John Tucker, I, I feel like... Anyone who looks at Adam Darby and w- watched him at, at his weight class, who's, who's one on one now lost to Mushal uh, uh, Aslani uh, in his last fight uh, after twenty seconds, gotten got heavily knocked out uh, in that fight. And that can look that can happen. Anywhere. Anyone, anyone get knocked out in twenty seconds? Flash knockout. He is a guy who I watched in that uh, the first fight against, that he had against Dorian, a uh, cage warrior, is one forty, and you're thinking. He's very, very, very green, but very talented, you know. And he's a guy who uh, find out a team Ryan and now he's the likes of of Neil Siri and Andy Ryan and Paul Redmond, I suppose, working in the background uh, with him. He needs those type of lads to take him to that level to improve his game. He's big and tall for the division. He can jab well. He has some good shots and. You know, one of the, one of those guys as well who fought in the IMAFs. I suppose served his time. Had kind of 12-13 fights there. Fought some, uh, fought some good lads there. The likes of even John Byrne, who's been around for for a long time in uh, in cage legacy. But he's fought in the cage Warriors academies as well. So he's done it all. He's done the kind of the fight night ones, but he's done the uh, the. Um, the IMAFs as well, and I think that will stand him. So this is a big fight for him here coming in uh, against uh, against Jack Tucker, who's a similar, you know, one and all fighting out of Wales. Um, and this is his big step up, I suppose, to uh, to fight in cages. He's another guy who's done the same thing. You know, he's fought uh, on the IMAFs and uh, fought on, I suppose, the Cage Wars Academy shows as well. So big, uh, big opportunity for both of them here to uh, to open. The uh, the card, um, Ryan Curtis against Nicholas LeBlanc. So I I I just mentioned Ryan Curtis there a minute ago, and when Ryan Curtis was debuting as a pro, when he was you know on his way up, I think a lot of people looked at him and were like, "This guy, he could be the next guy. He really really could be the next guy." He was, uh, you know, he had a few amateur fights. Won I I think won all of his amateur fights came in as a pro and I think it's all the way back now in 2015 he debuted as a you know as a pro and he had you know those uh, Reece Street John Spencer fights at the start but then he, he moved the way up and he fought Hack and you know ended up losing a couple of fights along the way Amir al who's obviously we, we know what he's like at the moment as well but if you look at the cancellations he's had, 2015, Dylan Edwards, 2016, Michael McNeil, 2016, Aaron Robertson, 2017, Shea Salami, three fights in a row in 2020 and 2021. And you know what? There's been more. There's there's definitely been more. And it's just been a, such a tough time for uh, for Corta, Ryan Cortis. You know, the, the, I, I could only describe it. I don't know if people know, you know, Shauna Bannon, who is, you know, probably the number one contender in Vicda at the moment, and she came through in Dublin, and she has this wild fan base behind her, who went to all her local shows and all, and really supports her. Ryan Curtis had that as well. He absolutely had that. I, I think it was the, um, one of his Bama fights, I, I, I'm pretty sure it was at both of those Bama fights, if, if not only one of them, but... The crowd when he came out Were a little bit different You know usually You know a Peter Queeley Walks out these days Or uh, you know James Gallagher walks out And it's like the whole crowd And you can sense like This is the the fan favourite Or whatever When Curtis came out There was like 500 lads You could tell were like All his best friends And they just went insane for him and Cage Warriors loved that. I Bellator loved that. I everywhere loves that. And Ryan Curtis would have been one of these guys who was absolutely kind of eaten up by the, the promotions in, in, in a good way, Now I, should I say. Um, and w- they would all want him because of that. Now, will that be the same? I'm very interested. And I'm recording this a bit out from the card now, so I hope it happens. Touch every bit of wood I can find that this fight happens. The Dean Barry fight fell out, unfortunately. That's another one. You know, we can talk about that, but... He has all the talent in the world. He is knockout power. He, you know, he can do it all. He really, really can do it all. And all he needs is a run. All he needs is a run. Like he's only lost three fights still in his career. His record isn't isn't bad at all. He's coming off of a knockout uh, win at the uh, in in October of last year. So like it's only been five months now between fights. That's that's pretty good for Ryan Gordon. And if he could keep that run going. If he could get three fights this year, three fights next year, I'm telling you, I don't know where Ryan Curtis could go. Honestly, I, I, I think he could be one of those guys. But it's just, you know, it must be so awful for a guy like him. Because you have all the talent in the world. You know you have the ability. But then the injuries and the cancellations and everything every always seems to go against him. And you would just hope for the, for the lad that um, things will turn around and things will change. And, uh, you know, Nicolas LeBlanc is... He's no easy guy to do that against. I think Ian Dean, the matchmaker here, realises, you know, the quality of uh, of Ryan Curtis because, you know, Nicholas LeBlanc has been uh, has been around for a, a good while too and fought some of the best. You know, he's a win over. Darren Garman is a good uh, Irish fighter as well. He's fought Luke Shanks and Sam Creasy uh, and many more as well, you know, debuting all the way back in, in 2013 at this stage. So, you know, a, a very good fighter who... You know, can fight on the feet as good on the ground as a few submission wins so I'm uh, I'm very interested to see the fight and, and see how it goes um, Curtis as I said that hometown advantage if anyone has it uh, on this card it's, it's Ryan Curtis and I think it's smart as well by Cage Warriors because you know as I said uh, I don't think they've sold all the tickets in the world for this card you know I suppose the elephant in the room is there's no SPG fighters uh, on this card uh, because you know we know all Graham Boyle and John Kavanagh kind of falling out or they, they don't, you know, John Kavanagh doesn't put his fighters on cage wars and all of this, you know. So you the, the fact that the, the kind of the lack of dubs I suppose on the guard now they have obviously the team Rhino guys and they have the the team KF guys but I uh, I think Ryan Curtis will, will definitely help uh, in in that part as well, especially if he still has that fervent fan base that he uh, that he once had. Um Another guy, I suppose, you could put on maybe the, the unlucky realm is, uh, is MacLean, and who's fighting uh, Wasi Adashina, uh coming in here. Uh, you know, Deki now 13 fights deep into his career. And, you know, another guy who's had some tough losses, but also um, canceled fights. And even that draw with Kieran Lister were in a great performance, he was on the brink, I think, of fighting for the, the lightweight title at the time. You know, he'd beaten Adam Vintra before that, uh, and he was, you know, if he'd won that fight, it would have been a three-fight win streak, but unfortunately, he's lost a couple since then, finished in both of them against Stevie McIntosh and Tobias Cirillo, who we'll talk about later on, but I, I feel like, you look at Decky McAleenan, and I-, I know he was kind of giving out to me before, that uh, I, was, uh, I-, I was talking about him as... Um, you know, a guy who's really, really good on the ground, and he was always kind of saying, well, I want to keep the fine defeat, lads keep taking me down, so I have to be good on the ground, which is absolutely fair enough, but for his body type and his size, like, I think his jab is pretty good, and his uh, he can hit, and he can finish on the ground as well. It just, I think sometimes with, with decky, I think Anthony Pettis did the same sort of thing, where he's kind of happy, not, not happy, but he's... Willing to fight someone else's fight. He's like, right, I'm going to fight anywhere and I'm happy to do it. Like, Pettis, he used to frustrate me so much when he'd like, oh, you want to push me back against Vince Grant? Push me back against Vince. I'll catch you in a guillotine. And now he did. Pettis did often. Decky has as well. He's got lads in rear naked chokes and the whole, everything, triangles and the whole lot. But also, like, that will not work everything. That, that's, a, that's a kind of a 50 50 strategy, I think and it's grand to back yourself in these positions especially if you're put in these positions absolutely you should but i i feel like decky is one of those guys where if he could take the initiative a little bit more uh in fights i think i think it could really go well for him because he has the skill set you know he has a lot a lot of the skills all the skills to to fight He's way to a Cage Warriors title shot. Uh, Coming off of two losses now, it's going to take a while. You know, it's going to take a while to to do that. Um, His opponent, Wasi, I don't know a lot about him, uh, to be honest. This is his first fight on Cage Warriors. He beat Glenn McPhail last time out, so he must be good. You know, he lost his first two fights of his career, but he's won four in a row since then. Um, I I think two, two or three of them by knockout, so interested to see how, how this one looks on the night. But a big opportunity for Decky as well. And, you know, I'm glad to see him on this card. He's one of these lads that I think a lot of Irish fans have a lot of respect for, and they're, they'd be interested to see him on this card. Um, Taka Mandu uh, against Benoit Blanc, then uh, the first of the uh, the Team KF fighters uh, on the card. Taka, um, you know, a, a really good fighter. Um, he, he went out and he was fighting in, in EFC, and um, I think he went one and one out there. He came back and he had a fight here on the local scene and then with, signed with Cage Warriors along with a few of his other uh, Team KF uh, teammates. And, you know, he's one of these guys that I think you ask Chris Fields about him, you think if he puts in the work, if he, if he um, puts it all together, he can be a, a top fighter. But that... Look, that remains to be seen with him and with all of these guys as well. And I think, look, the matchmaking fighting a five and two. Uh, uh, Ben uh here coming out of uh, coming out of France, who's you know had um a fight or two on on Cage Warriors. He fought tanio Paglierici, who incidentally I think uh is an SPG Ireland fighter and is on Cage Warriors. So I think he's the only one as we we're talking about earlier. But you know he's a guy who's been around for a while, got a few triangles, got a few finishes in his career. Um, It's, you know, it's a good test for Taka. And, I'd be interested to see, if he, like, if he passes this test, I think it's it's very good for him and very good for his career in Cageware. So he's definitely one you sit back and you watch and think, oh, where's he going to go? How is the, how is the level going to look? And I suppose the same could be said for Leon Hill, uh, who's fighting Maxine Zimbella coming out of Team KF as well. Like, Leon is a guy, I remember when he debuted, uh, the Team KF crowd were, like, very, very, very high on him. Um, he fought Joshua Wardy, I think, on, on relatively short notice, ended up losing that, but... One four in a row since, has been fighting in cage conflict and almighty championships. Now he's getting his opportunity on cage, whereas, you know, a guy as well, as an amateur, you know, fought the best in Ireland as an amateur. It's funny, like, if uh, you look at this card know he's fought Adam Darby, he fought uh, Alexander Sullivan, he fought Emil Pietak, who is probably maybe Ireland's greatest ever amateur. Now, I mean, there's probably lads out there, the old triangle lads and stuff will probably say, hi, hey, Sean, hold on. Uh, and he fought Kenny Mokahana as well, who is uh, obviously doing great things in, in Bellator uh, at the moment. So there's a lot of, of good, high-level experience there as an amateur for Leon Hill. And now, you know, a couple of years as a pro, it's time, I suppose, to, uh, to kick on and... You know, he's nicknamed as a professional and um, I think he's one, he is one of those lads as well that it'd be very interesting. You've seen the, I suppose, um, Ryan Shelley and how he has progressed out of Team Kev and we'll talk about him more in a second. We've seen, you know, um, James Webb. He's looked very good in these last few fights especially, but he became champion and then obviously lost it and is bouncing back now again. You've seen Ian Gary, who's obviously no longer with Team Kev, but came through there and, and looked very good. So Team Kev are kind of... They have produced fighters. It'll be interesting to see the production line coming through and if these lads, you know, can reach the same level, but it's very exciting to to see that. Um... I mentioned Alexander O'Sullivan there. He's fighting Tom Wright one and all against and One. Uh, Wright fighting out of uh, fighting out of Manchester, obviously looking for the opportunity here. He had one fight over in uh, over in Aries, um, and uh, you know a, a long amateur career uh, as well, fighting seven or eight times as for Maybe maybe not that long, but not definitely not as long as as Alexander O'Sullivan. Anyway, who. Uh, you know i think has upwards nearly 30 fights as an amateur probably probably more has fought some Really good guys. Tiernan Lochran, who's, you know, one of the best amateurs still fighting amateur uh, at the moment. He's fought Alexander Yankov, Jack Maguire, Chris Duncan, Lee Hammond, who's, you know, in tough at the moment, Leon Hill, who I just mentioned. Um, you know, the the level of guys he has fought. Paul Almer coming out of uh, Limerick here, Limerick's five and finest Martin Zimbella, uh, who we will uh, we will speak about more in a second here. Lol, no, you should have already spoken about him, but we we will get back to that in a second. But um an exciting prospect he as well is uh, with c-mac and i think he's kind of running that gym uh, as well so it's um it's a massive fight for him massive fight for that gym they're a brilliant gym and amateur in ireland and have been for years so it'd be very interesting to see uh, alexander uh, fight there just to run back to the leon hill fight as well against martin Zimbella, um he's fighting out of uh, Team Torres who you know a lot of people know, might know my uh, my colleague down through there is Andrew McGann that's his gym and they've had some very good fighters you know come through there Leah McCourt obviously uh, if she didn't start off there she had a lot of her time there and many others have, have trained out of there as well but you know Martin Zimbella has been one of these guys who's been around for a long long time and another guy who's had a lot of cancelled fights and maybe not everything go his way but he's on a three fight win streak at the moment uh, fighting in um, you know, he fought in the Irish championship who I think is actually Decky's uh promote Decky promotion. Um, you know, he has he has taken his losses. He's taken his leaks down through the years. But, when you you know, he's been the likes of Dylan Logan, the likes of Adam Gustav. Um, and as I said, three in a row now. Maybe now is the time for Martín to take it to the next level. And I like this matchmaking, honestly, Ireland versus Ireland. So I'd be very interested to see how that one goes. And, you know, he's jitsu is, is going to be on point as well. So we'll see uh, on that. And I suppose the other uh, big... Um, amateur prospect that's turned into pro is Solomon Simon. He's one and oh now. He's fighting Dorian uh, Silnikov. I was at Solomon Simon's. I think second amateur fight at Cage Legacy Ten. And there's a tweet out there. I tweeted there are three or four different names. I think one of them was was Stephen Castelo, who has fought in Bellator and has. Uh, I, I think he's a big fight coming up as well. Um, but I, I remember I I I I pointed him out as one a guy to look look at going forward and he's fighting out of waterford but i think he trains a bit out of it's team rhino waterford so you know team rhino in dublin as well with andy ryan and neil syrian and uh, redzer and, and, and all of those lads and honestly like he's fought a lot he's won and he's lost as an amateur he's experienced it all and honestly like i speak about it a lot with the likes of Makayev and the likes of even alexander sullivan and other people as well that uh experience you gain as an amateur by having lots of fights, I really think those guys are... Short. Look look at Christian Leroy Duncan gone to the UFC now. I think it's really short that experience as an amateur massively helps. And uh, I think for Solomon Simon, it, that could be the, the case for him as he as it goes through. Like, even like a guy like Palahan, you know, you're t- you take your licks as an amateur, you take your loss as an amateur, and then as a pro, you head forward and you go. And Solomon Simon you know, he's a very good striker, a good, good all round fighter, he can wrestle, he can he can do it all, and I'm interested to see what new facets maybe he's added to his game as he goes into the, the pro ranks here, so very excited to see him as well. And for the top three, Morgan Sherry is on this card as well. Now, by the time this comes out, I think Morgan might have a new opponent, I believe they're looking for a, a new opponent for him a, at the moment, um, but whatever the case is here, it's it's a massive fight for Sharia, because I, I mentioned Paul Hughes earlier, like, what's happening with Paul Hughes, like, is Paul Hughes going to the UFC, is he going to defend his title, who knows, what's What's happening with uh, with Jordan Vucinic, or oh, not, not what's happening with Jordan Vucinic, we know what's happening, he just won a fight, I think they actually announced him for the upcoming London card as well, so we know what's happening with Vucinic, those are the two guys right up near the top, and we'll, we'll talk about uh, Adam Shelley here as well in, in a second, and I'm sure there's uh, a couple of other guys as well, but, you know, Jameson, and they were obviously, he was supposed to fight Sharia um, last month and it didn't happen. Sharia, I think, obviously, you know, they're paying him a lot of money. He is this star of people. don't know he's a massive YouTube star over in France and he would bring a big crowd with him uh, and he's a good fighter, but like the only two losses he's had in the last, I don't know how long, uh, four years, is to Paul Hughes and Jordan Vucinic. Both of them close one a majority decision one of a split decision I don't think anyone would have any problem with them making the, the Jordan Vucinic fight again I don't think anyone would have a problem if Paul Hughes decided to vacate the title and go to the UFC or whatever he's doing if they made the Sharia versus Vucinic fight again for the belt I don't think anyone would maybe a few of the fighters <laughs> in that way guys but he needs to win this fight because he's only on a one fight win streak cancellations all over the place you know, and it looks like another cancellation again. Is the fight going to happen? Is there, uh, you know, it, it could be already cancelled by the time this comes out. Check it out on Sherdog.com. We, we'll, we'll see if it's there. Check out my, my Twitter. I'm sure I'll, I'll update it over there. But Marcus Sharia is one of Cage Warriors' biggest stars. And you'd hardly know it sometimes because he's, you know, he's had such bad luck, I suppose, with a lot of things. So I hope he can get on this card. I'm looking forward to seeing him. I'm a big fan of Sharia. And, um, yeah, let's see. Let's see. Right, the top, those top three fights. Cirilla against Shelley first. Um, to be a Cirilla, if anyone hasn't seen him, just go on, on Fight Pass and just look at one of his walkouts. He's an absolute maniac. Uh, he puts on this big, like, uh, clown helmet, not Berkreisler, absolutely headed. Um, and he, you know, he walks out, and then he just walks you forward. You know, some fighters said, you know, I'm going to come on I'm going to walk you forward. He does it. And win or lose, he does it. He against Samuel Bark, he got absolutely flattened with a knee. Against Deke McLean, he just walked him forward. Against Damon Wilson, he walked him forward. Aidan Steven just walked him forward and beat him. Gomez, he walked him forward, but Gomez just ran around him for uh, for uh, for three rounds. And Ryan Shelley is it's a massive test for Ryan Shelley because can Shelley do what Gomez did? Is what I wonder. Like because Shelley is. You know, he comes out of that um, traditional martial arts background with uh, uh, the Taekwondo, if I'm not mistaken, as does his brother. Uh, Another guy who's looking to get back on the card, he was supposed to fight Dean Barry, was Adam Shelley, so hopefully he'll be on the card by the time this comes out as well. But... Can Ryan Shelley, as well, play that outside game and get away from the pressure? Or will he try to fight forward and stop the pressure of uh, to be a Cyrilla? I, I honestly don't know. And, I, you know, if you ask Chris Fields before, he probably, you know, he, he wouldn't tell you and he shouldn't tell you. But maybe afterwards, I'd be very interested to speak to him uh, and, and speak to Ryan Shelley as well and see what the actual game plan is for it. Because you're looking at that like, and you, you're, you're someone like William Gomez, who is an Uh, You know who we will have uh, by the time this comes out, we'll have seen fought um, in in the UFC, and you're an an elite outside fighter, I suppose. And you know what you are going to fight. You're Samuel Bark, You're a knockout artist. You know, really, really, really good kickboxer. You know what you're going to do. You're going to attack him and try to land those big shots. If you're Ryan Shelley, I think you're you're kind of maybe a mix between the two of them. You know, I, I can fight really well on the outside, but he can kickbox and he can hit as well. I wonder, I wonder what he does. Like now, Ryan Shelley as well. He's—I I hope people don't misunderstand me when I say he's a traditional martial artist. He's by no means any longer a traditional mar, uh, mixed martial, uh, martial artist. Even he's now very much a mixed martial artist. He can fight in all areas. You know, um, Gray win over Josh Reed last time out. Cage Warriors stalwart. Uh the Matthew Elliott fight looked a very controversial fight, but still he beat a, a very good heavy wrestler in that and is now uh in is now six and oh. Um I think this is a massive one for him because like I, I spoke about the 145 pound title picture a second ago. If Ryan Shelley wins this, well, it's hard to not put him in that picture. It really is. If he goes to 7 0 after beating Harilla, the only way up is Hughes, the only way up is Vucinic. the only way up is Charrier. So, I, I, it'll be one of them, it'll be one of them if he wins, and it's, honestly, I think if he wins this, because this is a, a very tough matchup, a very, don't mistake it, like the fact that Harill has lost two of his last three fights, forget about that, you know, he, he he did, or two of his last four maybe, they were elite guys he did it against, it takes elite, very good guys to beat him, and if Shelly can do that, he he's proven an awful lot, that's Ooh, that's a fight I'm very intrigued with. I'm very intrigued with. On James Sheen and Oban Elliott, then I'm intrigued in a similar sort of way, but because the two of these lads, I think, are similar. Very well-rounded mixed martial artists. They they can both wrestle. They can both box. They can both hit. And uh, it's one of those ones that, trust me when I tell you, the two of these are very good, right? I've been watching both of them literally since their their debuts. Uh, I've... uh, you know, I've spoken to Oben a, a, a good bit. I, I think I'll be speaking to him again this week. James Sheehan, you know, a, an Irish stalwart has been around for, for uh, or, or, or uh, 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 one of the top prospects for a good while now. I know this scene. I know a lot of the guys coming through, and these are two of the best. These are two guys who, if you want to watch, who are the, the legit the guys, the legit guys, the mind uh, the hyped guys, the mind all of that, who are the guys? James Sheehan and Aubin Elliott are two of them. They are two of them, right? Who's going to be the guy on Saturday night? Who knows? We'll find out. Who's going to be the guy in two years? I don't know. It'll play out. But these are two real guys on the way up. And I cannot wait for this final. altogether. Like James Sheehan, I've said it now in a couple of different shows, but I think it bears repeating. You look at his record and you think, oh, 6-2. Okay, 6-2. and two. But his first, two of his first three fights are against Matt Bonner, middleweight champion in Cage Warriors, Ian Gary. I don't need to tell you who Ian Gary is. And he's won five fights in a row since then, beating the likes of Almiel Brown, top prospect uh, at the time, beating the likes of Carol Mishlak, Jamie Richardson last time on another star of Cage, of cage. about with eighteen fights, he fought him in what he's seven fight, and uh, and he beat him by unanimous decision. Looked good, looked really good. I think I'll st- I will i am still sticking by this for for maybe until the next fight. I believe James Sheen is the best fighter that Ian Gary's ever fought. I still think that, even in the UFC and all of that. If you look at his ability now, I, I, I truly believe that. And you look at Owen Elliott, and you look at Owen Elliott, you talk about anytime, anywhere, any weight class, any place, anyone, and that's Owen Elliott. He fought up at. What did he fight up at? I don't know what it was. It was a light heavyweight. It was middleweight. But he came up. He was at 155. He's now at 170. And he fought a middleweight on short notice against Sean McCormack, you know, who was a big guy and, you know can fight, he signed up on the same day to fight Daniel Skubinski, who, uh, anyone knows uh, Skiba, who's a a very good fighter coming out of Eastern Europe, he beat Matt Bonner before that, the aforementioned Matt Bonner, who, you know, who has a win uh, over uh, over Sheehan, who was the the former champion, and look, he's taken a couple of losses, but who are these losses that matters? Flaminas, in his fifth fight, Flaminas, another win last week. Probably back in that title picture again. You know another guy we talk about in the title picture, Mike Figlak. Those are his only two losses. Figlak in in the UFC at the moment. He stepped up and waited to fight George Mangan. It's probably the biggest, one of the biggest welterweights in the world, reminding <laughs> cage wires and beat him, beat him pretty handily in the first round. This guy is an absolute beast. Make no mistake about it. As is James Sheehan. God Almighty, honestly, I I, I feel like I'm I'm the promoter for this uh, fight a little bit. But I absolutely love this fight. It's it's, you know what? It's is it a guaranteed barn burner? Is it guaranteed three round war? I I don't know about that, right? But what it is guaranteed is you will see two good fighters going in there, and you will see one good fighter emerge the winner. And you, you know what? You'll see one good fighter emerge the loser as well, because both of these guys are very very good. And I don't honestly I don't care who wins. I think both of these guys are good, and I, I would be. Surprised if both of these guys didn't go on and fight in big fights in cage wars and possibly in the UFC as well in the future. Um, so let's talk about the, uh, the main event, Reese McKee versus uh, Judo Jimmy Wallhead. Again, guys, I suppose differing points of their career, Judo Jimmy has been around for such a long time now. 39 years of age, it's mad to see him uh, in Cage Warriors again, you know, made his debut back in 2005 and fought the likes of of John Phillips, you know, he probably wanted the eight or nine fights in his first two or three years um, as a a pro, even even more, I think, what is here, 13, 14 fights, but in 2005 and 2006, what, what what a way to do it, you know, what an absolute way to do it. And then he, you know, he got the the chance, I suppose, in Cage Warriors early, but then he got back in there. He fought Dina Seaver in Cage Warriors. And, uh, you know, he had a good few fights uh, there. And, you know, I think when he ended up getting an opportunity to fight in Bellator, you know, to to, to come back, and he was fighting in Bam and in fighting in Bellator, came back to Cage Warriors again, had, had a couple of fights in KSW, and then got the UFC opportunity. You know, it was massive for him. It was absolutely massive for him. And okay, it didn't go great. And, you know, he bounced back to Bellator again. And then he bounced back to Cage Warriors. It's, it, it's really been an almighty career for a guy like you know, Jimmy. Like I, I think there's a lot, a lot of lads who you'd respect who were on maybe a similar trajectory. But maybe, say, like a guy like Jack Mason. A lot of respect for a guy like him who maybe didn't. You know, rise up the level, or say like a Lewis Long. I think another guy who's now got an opportunity. I think uh, in Bellator as well. You know, you want to see those guys having a career like Judo Jimmy. Even I talked about um, Masvidal a couple of weeks ago. You know, he was kind of always like a good fan favorite, Midlands type of fighter, but then he got those three wins and he takes it to the next level. You love to see lads take it to the next level, and I think that's what Jimmy Wallhead has almost done throughout his career. And the fact that 39 years of age, he's doing it again. And is on a four fight win streak. You know, his last two in a row, first round knockouts over Daniel Sciminci and Matthias Figlak. Like, everyone was talking about Figlak as being, oh, because Ian Gary was there, he wasn't the champion. You know, Ian Gary obviously they beat him, but once Ian Gary went away, he was going to just, you know, take up the mantle. Now, that didn't happen because what happened? Uh Judo uh Judo Jimmy came in here and uh and he was the one who you know who took up the mantle by uh by beating him and, and winning that interim championship because he you know he, because he basically stuck to it, because he basically said, I'm not done yet, and I want to have another role at it. And Graham Bylan gave him the opportunity and he's taken it with both hands. And you know, he can do it all, as I said, knocking lads out. But well, he's, you know, he's obviously judo, you know, he's good on the, he's taking lads to the ground and good on the ground as well. And it's very, very, it's brilliant to see him here. And for Reese McKee, it feels like Reese McKee, since his first fight has just been destined to go up to the very top. I remember for his first fight, he did an interview with my guy Andrew McGann the other day over on, uh, over on Severe Men. They were talking about his first fight, but he went in and he fought against John Redmond and he went up from, he went up from one forty five at the time to welterweight. And I remember saying it's like this shouldn't be happening. And like Johnny Jitsu at the time, okay, he was only five and nine, but still he's fourteen fights. You're a debuting pro, two or three weight classes up, it shouldn't be happening. And what happens? Reese McKee choked him out inside the first round. Right, after having a, you know, a very good amateur career. He beat my guy Valjan Lubishtani, who, you know, top prospect me Richie Smullen as well uh, as uh, as an amateur and went on to to fight him to a uh, draw as well uh, as uh, as a pro in Bama. But those early days, you know, he fought and beat Joy Herbert, who we know is now in the UFC. He had that win over uh, Tommy McCafferty and who was a bit of an early stoppage in that one. But still, he was winning the fight and um, he he was going definitely going to win in anywhere. To, you know he lost to Tim Barnett I think when his father passed away just you know close to that fight but ended up beating Tim Barnett again and looked so good in that fight but that loss against Terry Brazier I suppose set him back before he got those three wins and looked really good coming over to Cage which got him to the UFC on short notice went in against Shamayev went in against Alex Morona and lost that fight four months later and he was cut by the UFC and uh, you know the UFC when you go in you're, you're fighting Shemayev, like what what are you supposed to do at that stage like let's say he got into the UFC, he fought to that close decision against Morona he probably would have got another opportunity won and then got another opportunity he probably won and we'd see where he would have gone it was just the fact that he got Shimaev ended up losing two in a row and people were like oh you know this guy is he didn't land a punch you know it's it was also a bad decision. I, I think he's kind of spoken about that before he thinks, look, I got the opportunity in the UFC, I had to take it and he did. Um, but he's now fighting his way back there, and by God has he done a good job of trying to do that. He beat uh, Alexi Mentekevi, destroyed him, beat him in the third round. And Justin Burlington, if you haven't seen that fight, it's one of the fights of last year, Absolute, absolutely brilliant. He was almost finished. I think the referee kind of the referee at one stage was like telling him to move and he moved and he ended up getting more damage because of it but then the power that Reese McKee has and he knocked him out uh, in the third round was absolutely uh, insane but make no mistake about it, this is a massive fight for Reese McKee because for Jimmy Wallhead, right this is, win or lose, this could be his last fight Maybe he'll have a couple of more fights. I don't think he's really any interest in going to UFC or fighting in Bellator. He's happy enough having a couple of fights in Gage Warriors. Maybe he'll be last if he wins. Maybe he'll defend it or whatever. For Reese McKee, if you don't win this, it's it's like, it's devastating. Because after the Burlington fight, he was kind of saying, and you couldn't blame him, it's like, the UFC are, are nothing else. And like, I'm thinking to myself, right, as, as someone who tries to bring logic to us, like, look, you went to the UFC, you lost two fights, you've only won two outside it, you're going to need at least one more, maybe two more. You have that bell now, hold it for a while, show the UFC, you have it, get another good win, and then you'll be on the brink, right? And when you've experienced the UFC and you've experienced the, the money and on short notice and everything as well, you you have to get back to that when it's your dream, when you've been destined for it, like a guy like Reese McKee has been, you really, really want to get back to that. And that brings a pressure, but it also brings a massive opportunity and he has that opportunity here. He's headlining, head, like headlining in the tree arena. As he said in, in that interview I mentioned with Andrew, he mentioned he, he made his debut in the tree arena as well. And now to be headlining there, it's absolutely massive for him. A world of pressure and a tough matchup as well. But you look at Reese and you look, you look, you look at the matchup. I spoke about Jimmy, you can fight everywhere. What Reese has to do, he has to just get his striking going. Don't allow the fight to get to the ground. Jab him up and land your big power shots. Keep it simple. Really I, I think for Reese, if Reese can fight a simple fight with anyone, he's he's the bones of beating anyone, he, because of that power he has, and his ability on the feet, he really, really, really does, and, um, you know, I, I, think it's, uh, I, I think it's a massive fight, I'm looking forward to it, um, you know, people probably may, maybe want my predictions for some of these fights, I'll, tr- I'll throw them out to you, because I get given out to them when I don't give predictions, I'm going, I might, there might be a bit of Irish bias here, in some of them, okay, I'm going to go with Reese McKee, to win in the main event, oh, I don't want to pick the call main event. Uh, can I pick a draw? I'm gonna a draw. I'm I'm not picking on that one. James Sheen and Robin earlier You know what? A Shelly Horilla fight. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Horilla. I might get killed by the Team KF guys, but um. I will go for I will go for Leon Hilda against uh, Martin Zimbala and I will go for Taka as well. So maybe I'll get uh, back a little bit there. I think Solomon Simon will have enough uh, to win in his fight, as will uh, Alexander O'Sullivan. Um, int- really interesting the, the Ryan Curtis' fights. I think if both of them show up, they should win. Um, and I think the same could be said for for Adam Darby and Paddy McCrory. So look. I think a lot of these matchups are pretty good for the for the Irish guys. Um, and uh, I, th- I think it should be a great night for, for Irish MMA uh, all told. So, yeah, I think this is, might be my longest preview today. date. Um, thank you to everybody for uh, watching and listening. I will leave it there. My name is Sean Sheehan for SureDog.com and I'll see you all next time.